Welcome back to Sammy Sue Loves Your Hair, the podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Sue, and I am so stoked to have Presley Poe on the show today. Presley has been a stylist for 20 years, currently located in Portland, Oregon, and a recent salon owner of Gold Studios Salon Experience. They are currently working with the Cosmo Prof artistic team, internationally traveling and educating for Hattori Hanzo Shears, and is also an ambassador for Olaplex and Babilis. In addition, they have strong affiliations and a great working relationship with Trionics and Malibu C. You can find Presley on Instagram at Presley Poe. In this episode, we talk about the changing tides in the industry when it comes to pricing hair services, Presley's unwavering ability to manifest and work her ass off for whatever they want out of life, how she maintains a healthy lifestyle, and who inspires them as an artist. I'm not going to lie, I was a bit starstruck interviewing Presley, even though I had met her before. When you get an opportunity to talk to one of your idols, it's hard not to be a little starstruck. Am I right? (laughs) Full disclosure, we did have a little bit of technical difficulties getting this interview started, so bear with us for the first 15 seconds while we talk about Mercury in retrograde. Hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I do. Okay, final attempt. (laughs) (laughs) and hopefully it's so weird of course it ends tomorrow too jesus i know (laughs) um yeah hopefully we can get through this and get you on the rest of your day so um cool thank you presley poe for coming on to my podcast i really appreciate you being here and taking the time to chat with me for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I actually first met you when you came to Arizona for a Hanzo class back in 2018. And okay. uh, I, I had the absolute pleasure of hanging out with you after that class. Um, you know, we got brunch and then we went to the Tempe Arts Festival. And um, me and some of my fellow stylists at the time uh, got to kind of pick your brain about educating and your life of traveling. And, uh, you know, you just inspire me so much. And uh, I'm actually uh, on the Hanzo educator team now. And uh, I don't do it a lot because I also manage my own shop, uh, Bishops here in Phoenix. So that takes up a ton of my time, but you know, it's really cool to uh, be able to be in the industry and and educate and hopefully inspire others like you inspired me. So um, I just want to kind of jump right in and I want to hear from you. I kind of ask a general question initially with all my guests. What do you absolutely love about doing hair? The people. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) It's it's really that simple. It's like, you know, I think we all have our own form of advocacy and how we stand for what we believe in. And hair gives us this four by four foot square platform to really intentionally connect with people and make a big impact. So I think that other than it just being an outlet, um, for art, it's really about the people. Absolutely. So do you think that translates also, um, as far as your inspiration for being an educator, like, is it, is it the people behind who you educate that inspires you to, to do that as well? The people behind who I educate? Right. You know what I mean? Like the people you educate, like, is it about, is it about them or? Yeah. So my whole philosophy on education is that if I can do anything to impart knowledge to hairstylists behind the chair, that will help us as a community to, uh, what is the word? I'm like stupid retrograde. Um, it will help <laughs> us as a community to elevate, then we can change the public perception of what we do. And therefore we can have more respect behind our job title from like, the general populace. I love that because I think there is a unfortunate misconception about people in the beauty industry, right? Like we're, it's so hard. (laughs) What we do is so difficult. And like, 
people, uh, there's just so many misconnections there. Like they don't get it. And everyone thinks that we just have fun and hang out and we're available all the time. I'm like, dude, I can barely drink water. Right. Like right. I can barely sit so down. Real. <laughs> yeah. And we have to smile through panic attacks so that the person in our chair feels good about their service. You know, it's just, it's so much like, uh, mm-hmm. it's so much. So you're not only a stylist behind the chair and a national educator, but now you can add the title of salon owner, um, you know, to your, to your repertoire. <laughs> and uh, yeah. you, you just opened Gold Studios, right? Uh, in yeah. Portland. And it's beautiful. You know, I, I stalk your Instagram and it's absolutely stunning. And I just want to talk a little bit about what you consider to be kind of the pros and cons of being a new salon owner and what advice you might have to someone who's thinking about opening their own place. <laughs> oh, um, you know, I look at other spaces and I think that my advice is you, we as individuals have this ability to make our world what we want it. And I didn't really set out to be a salon owner. I still kind of have strange like hesitations of saying I'm a salon owner. I call it gold studios, a salon experience because I opened a space that was not designed to just be a salon. I didn't open it with this thought of having a room full of hairstylists. I opened it with this thought of creating a space for the community, mm-hmm. uh, like a safe space for every color, every gender, every non-gendered people and a safe space for textured hair. like. It was kind of an afterthought for me personally to have stylists in there. Mm -hmm. I haven't even hired anyone. Oh, wow. Except like, yeah. So I have my manager, myself, my assistant. It's not really my assistant anymore, but she's coming back to me because she, you know, she doesn't like her other job, but we love her. So she's coming back. Thank you, Michelle. I love you. Um, (laughs) But she works there. She's been a hairstylist now for four years. So she works there, but she was kind of grandfathered in, you know, and I've only done like one working interview. So I think my whole goal was to have it happen very organically and that my family would essentially just move into my house (laughs) eventually, but I don't run it. I think the same way a lot of salon owners do. Right. Like a normal, like a quote unquote normal salon owner would. Yeah. You said you want it to be more community focused. So are you planning on like, you know, obviously COVID slowing down a little bit and things are kind of becoming, you know, back to normal in a way. Are you wanting eventually to maybe host events there to, again, give people a platform and and a safe space? Yes, that's basically what we've been doing even for the last couple months like we got to host Sarai Spear the Platinum Giraffe yeah uh, she's been on was, my podcast actually it was yeah. an incredible <laughs> co- we're really good friends too like, yeah I I love her but yeah she she was the first person that we hosted and I think that that was like the best christening that could have happened she's incredible um and we host we've had three or four like major photo shoots so, like, I have a team of people, like a makeup artist, a photo shoot, or like a photographer, uh, some stylist friends who does who um, style clothing for people. Mm-hmm. So we we've been doing things like that, but the whole space has started, and I say community based. Like everything there has actually been based and sourced through clients. Mm-hmm. So like, not only do they come to me to get their hair done, but like, it's a big networking system. So my manager was my client for six years and still is. Her husband is my wood crafter. My other client helped me source my mirrors. My other client was my realtor. Like one of my clients is hosting a class with me. Like, it's just this whole 
how can we support each other in this space? I love that. That's so inspiring. I hope other people that want to open up a, a salon, you know, have a similar goal because I think it really comes down to community where you're where you're out of, right? I I yeah. also try, even though I work for a corporate salon, they're so awesome in allowing me to host local artists once a month. I do a pop-up event and try to get local artists in the, you know, outside of just our industry exposure and host classes in our shop and things like that. And I think that really does help to build, like you said, a safe space for other people not only coming in as a client, but the people that are calling it home at the same time. So, yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. So I love that. Um, so one of, the, one of the many things that I really admire about you is your ability to create amazing, like vivid color looks and capture them. And I know lately you've, you've kind of been transitioning a little bit more into more natural looks, I think, because after COVID, people were wanting things a little bit easier to maintain. Um, and then you capture them in these amazing photos. So I'm just, I'm wondering, like, where do you find inspiration for these types of looks? Are you kind of coming up with them with your client in the moment? Or is it something that you really think about in advance, per, you know, specific to each client? Like, how do you come up with these insanely creative and, and beautiful looks? Um, I think that, and this is on me, actually, that there, even though I've always tried to combat it, that there's this common misconception that I'm a vivid artist. Mm -hmm. I never have been. I'm a very multifaceted artist. I literally do everything from extreme texture, and I specialize in haircutting, and I'm a color correction specialist. But this like this perception that I'm switching into or like, Oh, what was the word that you used? Um, transitioning. Yeah. Transitioning into naturals. I just started posting them on my page more. Mm -hmm. So I've always had a really great mixture, but I think I was just on the game of like, what does Instagram want to see? Because it was my job mm -hmm. for a long time to like post the things that, you know, get likes and that's vivid hair color like people just don't care about seeing naturals online unless it mm -hmm. comes with a pretty face um mm -hmm. but the answer to that is it's a mixture of kind of all those things I always have a consultation with my clients I take down a lot of notes and I'm very thorough about it um and so I think about things from there but really with it with color correction it's kind of like what is that life is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get you know yeah um and so it's really based on like my clients wants and what chemistry will allow me to do mm -hmm. and I think the the biggest thing that I always try to do is work with the hair and not against it mm -hmm. so if a situation presents itself I think people think I'm very artistic, which I'm like, Oh, thank you so much. But not really. Um, it's just chemistry. It's like, mm -hmm. there's a law of color. So I'm a Virgo. And I just am such a super rule follower that I'm like, well, this product says do this. Oh, look, it does it, you know, and then I'm like, this hair color has to be matched with this. So when I put it with that, look, it does it like, and then it's like, magic kind of happens. But it's really, I'm just doing like I'm following the rules. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I, I joke with my clients sometimes I say, you know, I've learned over my decade of being in the industry that if you fight the hair, you're going to lose. Right. Like every we, time, <laughs> every time. <laughs> so we, I've learned to, like you said, just go with what the hair and the chemistry behind it will allow me to do to accomplish our goals long-term. It's, so. it's interesting how like, you know, it takes 10 years to figure that out. It's taken, I've been in the industry for 20 years and I was still, I'm like, you know, like when I'm teaching and I'll do something and they're like, what? And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. I know it seems like a magic trick, but I'm like, have you ever been 
to a show and like the person on the stage like just touches the hair and it does this magic thing and you're like how the crap do they do that because I can't do that I'm like it's all your prep work it's Mm. everything they did before they touched that hair it's like the five treatments they did before they lifted it it's like the you know the set they did before they brushed it out or like whatever so right always just work with it and it'll make magic for you but the moment you work against it I mean it's just not gonna happen it's not gonna work (laughs) exactly I've like it just took 20 years to figure it out you know so as far as the the photography behind your amazing work goes do you have somebody that helps you take photos do you take the photos yourselves how does that I take the photos myself I'm very specific about it um and the the formula to having color that looks that good on camera is coloring hair based on lighting. Mm-hmm. So I've always worked in salons that had just horrific lighting. And I was obsessed with hair in motion in photos. And so I started coloring hair based on playing with depth and reflection and it it just all goes back to that law of color it's like dark color absorbs light light color reflects light and we need gradients to have smooth transitions so I just color hair based on that and then I just put it in front of my camera and go click (laughs) (laughs) right that's it it's like not it's really not super sciencey. There's no, I literally just have them turn around, maybe put their hair, their hand in their hair. And I take a photo because you can, I can only photograph for me, like what's in front of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't edit photos or anything. Right. So I do, I, I do it like basically like pre editing essentially when I'm coloring the hair, I always have it in my mind of like, what is the silhouette of this color and what is it going to look like on camera? Because that's what it's going to look like walking down the street. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do a lot of overlays, I see a lot of the time. Like you'll do kind of like a base color and then you'll do an overlay just to give it even more pop and more depth. Would you say you do that quite often? Pretty often, yeah. Because, again, it goes back to the law of color. It's like first in, last out. And everything reflects from the inside out when it comes to hair color. So it's kind of like painting your nails. Like your first coat is kind of sheer and it's kind of flat. The second coat, depending on the polish you're using, is going to be more dense and more like full coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, so imagine if you were working with glitter polish, right? It's going to take like five coats to have it fully cover your nail. But if you're working with black, it's going to take too you know mm-hmm. so it's kind I of the same that. thing in hair color it's like if you have something that's really light and very reflective it might take you more layers for it to have more opacity but it'll still have a translucency to it whereas like if you're working with something like level five and below now you're getting into the the like strong pigments that lack a ton of reflection because you're getting into absorption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy with the, with the nail polish. I think that's, it's a great way to help explain it to guests as well. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they don't, they don't understand what we're talking about. We need to put it in layman's terms. So I love that. Right. For sure. <laughs> so speaking of our clients and our guests that come sit in our chair and we want them, you know, to feel great and amazing walking out. I want to also talk a little bit about, you know, pricing, especially going in as a new salon owner. Um, so again, I'm kind of referring back to your Instagram profile because I, I follow you. I'm a stalker. I'm a huge fan of you as well. 
And well, that's I what love... social media is for. It's right, like, right. It's there for you to stalk me. So right. And I love that they've recently allowed to have pronouns be introduced into um, you know our profiles, and it says that you go by all genders, meaning she, her, he, him, and they, them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious as far as like how when you set prices for your clients, who I'm assuming are of all binaries, you know, are you setting your, your prices for your haircuts based on gender length of the hair or how much time it actually will take you to create a certain look? I am a firm believer that gender is completely obsolete when it comes to hairdressing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we were ever trained that way because I, I don't get it. Like, right. so no, I, I don't gender my appointments at all. And I do my appointment uh, pricing based on time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, I, I assumed that, but I, I wanted yeah. to touch on it a little bit because I do think that it is kind of a new, like you said, it's the the gender basing of products, of, of pricing, you know, for clients is kind of in my opinion, an old, old school way of thinking. And it seems like more and more salons, um, independent contractors, you know, everybody is kind of gearing towards this new way of thinking of, you know, not basing prices on gender period. I mean, I, I have so many different types of people that sit in my chair with all different hair types, textures, lengths, and, you know, they, you know, they don't fit the quote unquote norm. And I love right. that. I also am able to work for a company that does not base our prices on um, how people identify. I think that that yeah. is just like pretty amazing. And I hope more people and stylists start going in that direction because it, it like, you, like you said, it doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> to uh, yeah. base it on gender whatsoever. So I think that's awesome. Well, the thing is, too, what people don't understand is that no matter if you are charging for a short or long haircut, every salon is still doing hourly price basing. Mm-hmm. Wait, what did I just say? Hourly base pricing, I think is what you meant to say. Yes, thank you. <laughs> hourly base. I can't even say it. I can't get it out of my mouth. I'm like. But you know what I mean? They're all doing it based on like this salon needs to generate X amount of money per person, per square foot, per hour. And then they base their prices on that mixed with like education and da 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 da. So like junior stylist would be cheaper as opposed to, you know, it, it's so interesting. But it all really goes down to that bottom line of like how much money are you generating per hour? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really does. SPH sales per hour. You know, I mean, that's a constant term. I feel like that, that I hear yeah. quite often. So. And I think that people forget as stylists, regardless of your commission or your independent, you're still, you have that bottom line. So it, it's something to think about in your hairdressing to switch over to hourly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think more and more people are again with especially coloring. I don't, I don't hear it as often with cutting um, right. pers- personally, but I'm, I'm hoping that that is the way of the future because sometimes, you know, I, you know, I also do a lot of skin fades and things like that. And I feel like my skin fades are, they, they take, take me longer and they're almost more picky than like my platinum blondes. You know what oh, I mean? Yes, <laughs> they are. Absolutely. I'm hoping that maybe someday we'll we'll transition into the the time that it takes for haircutting in addition to coloring. So I love that you said that. That's a good insight, I think, for the future for sure. Yeah. So so I'm curious. So you said you've been in the industry for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And before being a stylist and an educator and now a salon owner. Like, what did you do for a living? Like, did you always know you wanted to go into the industry or did you kind of fall into it? No, I've always known. I'm a very Mm -hmm. decisive person, (laughs) luckily. You know, I feel like I have this 
strange internal navigational system is what I call it. That's like, I just have always had this idea of like, this is what I want to do. And I've known since I was four that I wanted to be a hairdresser. Wow. And then when I was in high school, I was like, I want to be a hairdresser, a makeup artist, and a bartender. Because I also believe in having like 50 jobs. So I did, I did makeup for eight or nine years. And I never made it to bartending, which I think that was like the universe looking out for me. Um, but I cocktailed for years. I cocktailed okay. for like 10 years, basically, in my career. Yeah, same, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, I so did, I would, like, yeah. go to work, you know, work crazy hours, and then on the weekends, I'd go to the bar and work until 4 a.m. and then go back, and it was crazy. I don't yeah. know what happened to me. <laughs> so, so you always knew. I love this. Um, so when you got out of school, did you assist right away, or did you, like, how did that kind of all fall, like, transition after yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I went to this fancy pants salon in um Edmond, Oklahoma and I assisted for nine months but it was you know I'm alternative and it was a very like conservative space and we just didn't mesh Mm -hmm. so I randomly fell into a job at cost cutters for two years and that's really where I learned to hustle Hmm. Well, they're really based on getting, you know, turn, oh, yeah. turn and burn kind of joint. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like I learned to work fast and I learned to work efficiently and I had a lot of exposure to different product lines because they have so much. So basically they were like, if you sell X amount of product, you can give yourself up to $2 an hour raise. I was yeah. like, I'm in. And I did every paycheck. Like I'd have a $2 raise. It taught me how to like talk to people, you know? Oh yeah. Being, I think being, you know, almost a salesperson, right. You know, with our industry comes hand in hand. We're educating our client. We are applying, you know, we're, we're chemists, we're a therapist. And then we're also, you know, selling them and sending them home with product. And that does really help to build not only a loyal, loyal clientele, in my opinion, uh, but also your paycheck <laughs> right? yeah. and um, your confidence within the, an employer that I think if you're, if you're an employee for sure. So uh, what, uh, what product lines do you carry now at Gold Studio Experience? Arnco, Maria Nila and Olaplex. Okay. Awesome. Would you say that you have a favorite out of all of them? Like, do you, do you love a specific type of, you know, I product? Mean, I will live, eat and breathe Olaplex. I mean, I put it in my bath water, my <laughs> coffee, like, you know, it's my favorite drug of choice. Like, it, what, you know, I love it. Uh, I don't know what I would do if Olaplex wasn't around. I love you guys if you're listening ever. But yeah, uh, for sure. Like, even if I had nothing else and I just had Olaplex, I'd be like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. (laughs) I can do curly hair, straight hair, texture hair, anything. I'd be like, cool. You just need more number six or less number six. (laughs) You know, you're welcome. (laughs) And done. (laughs) And I'm done here. My job is done here. So so you're so great. Um, So I love that. um, You know, like I said, you've already, like I said, you've already, you know, inspired me on so many levels. And I'm just curious, like who, who inspires you? Like if you could collaborate with any artist in the industry, who would it be? Sambia. I hear that all the time. He's so incredible. I love him. Yeah. And he just seems like such a down to earth guy. Yeah, I'm like, listen, if I could wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and be a 63-year-old man named Sambia, I would be happy about it. Like, real life. I'd be like, again, my job is done here. Like, (laughs) I win. I win. Like, you know, there's just something to be said about someone who makes you feel like you're in church. And, like, Uh, the best way. I'm like, amen! I mean... 
<laughs> yeah totally yep and I'm like literally in the back like oh man I just said that out loud like legit I think one of his classes like for some reason we put our shoes on the opposite foot I'm like you know there's just something to be said about someone who like will get you to take your shoes off and put them on the wrong foot to like prove a point I'm like I will do whatever you say right like <laughs> just tell me where you want me I got it I actually call him dad and it's so funny that man's gangster he met my assistant, Michelle. He, we walked in the back and she, I was like, if you could meet anyone, who would it be? And she's like, I want to meet Sam B. I was like, okay. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I got you. So we're in the back and I was like, hey, dad. He's like, Presley, how are you? And I was like, what you doing? He, was, he had his back to us and he was doing an updo because he literally never stops. I swear he's like on something and I want it. Whatever <laughs> he's taking, I'll take it. And um, he turns around and I was like, this is my assistant, Michelle. She would really like to meet him. He's like, hi, I'm Sam. It's so nice to meet you, Michelle. I'm just over here doing da-da-da-da. And we're like, we'll just leave you to it. Thank you so much. And he's like, bye, press. Two years later, two, he sees her and he's like, hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm like, oh, what? Like, mm-hmm. how do you do that? Like, yeah. How do you do that? Like, he met her for five seconds. Like, in the and middle he, of a project in the middle of a project and like you know i'm like that is just the skill that i will never have you know yeah that is that is an incredible skill because yeah, I, I can remember a like, face but mm, the name sometimes see i can't even do that change your makeup it's over like change your <laughs> hair i really won't know who you are you know i'm like i have the words i'm like listen okay i could tell you someone's hopes dreams like you know, all about their relationship, how many kids they have, all everything about their life. I could tell you what they were wearing, but for the life of me, I'm like, nope, like I can't remember their name. And if they change their hair, I will not remember who they were. Well, and it's so much harder now with the masks. Like, yeah, I'm like oh, forget okay. about it. <laughs> it's like <laughs> people really started smiling with their eyes. It's like a half, you know, it's like when you see someone, you're like, hmm, like it's like so funny I can't tell you how many times after quarantine and coming back behind the chair how many times I'd be like hey I'm Sammy nice to meet you they'd be like yeah you've done my hair like three times and I'm like oh yeah the mask totally threw me off I'm so sorry like what even are you I don't know yeah So um, I love this. I want to I want to transition just a little bit and switch gears into um, health in in our industry and how maintaining a healthy lifestyle is so important in our industry. And I mean, obviously, especially now with COVID and everything. And I, um, I think a lot of for me, health also translates into not just working out, but you know, your overall lifestyle choices. And for me, I've been sober for four and a half years. Um, I try to do yoga regularly. I actually just got a gym membership and I don't know who I am, but I'm liking this new person (laughs) of going to the gym, you know, more than, more than just a couple days a week. It's been really great. And, uh, you know, these things help me not only with my mental health, but also being able to work behind the chair. Right. And yeah. do, do what we do physic. you know, what we do is a very physical job. And, um, I know you are a very avid gym rat. You've been <laughs> doing it for a long time, as far as I can tell, cause you seem to know a lot about it. And I want to just have you elaborate a little bit more on like maybe any other health focuses or activities that you do to kind of keep you going 110% all the time. Sleep is very important to me. Mm-hmm. amen important. to that <laughs> I'm an eight hour diva like I have to have my sleep I go to bed by 10 o'clock basically every night like I and I wake up in the morning I think there's a few things that successful people tend to do and waking up early is one of them mm-hmm. and I do I wake up like 6 45 every morning try and take like a little break like maybe a quick meditation before even getting out of bed and just like routine. I have a really strong routine. And when that gets broken up, I hope that it wasn't you who did it because it's not going to be pretty. (laughs) I got things to do. My time is very structured. So like, I think that's just a really important part of me staying sane. Absolutely. Having that routine. Well, and time is, is such a valuable 
resource and it's a resource we can't, we can't get back, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not always a renewable resource. Right. So that's why I always kind of start when people come on my show, like, thank you for taking the time because I value that so much and appreciate that you're taking the time to come on and come on and talk to me. So I couldn't agree more. I think routine is so important. I'm also a morning person. Um, now that I'm sober, I'm a morning person. I never used to be. Um, but <laughs> now it's, you know, six o'clock. Most days I'm up and in bed between 930 and 11, you know, at the absolute latest. So I couldn't agree more that that is like a, a huge part of really setting yourself up to be successful. Like you said, you know, a lot of successful people are morning people. So, um, so I don't know about you, but in my experience in the beauty industry, like a lot of service industries, you said you were a cocktail waitress as well. You know, it revolves, yeah. it revolves pretty heavily around partying, right? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just curious, like, um, I want to dive into, you know, maybe your experience as somebody in this industry and in an environment where drugs and alcohol are very normalized and um, talk a little bit about how that maybe has impacted you in a negative way oh um you know I don't really know too much about drugs anymore that's like 18 and younger really but yeah I think it's difficult because so much of what we do is centered around drinking like I, I think I've never had a super bad experience like it's impacted me super negatively but I will say there are always cameras on you and when you see yourself drunk on camera it is not cute it's like one of those what you think you look like moments versus what you really look like moments and I think being an educator and someone who holds myself to a really high standard and I hope to be someone that people can look to and be inspired by it's important to just not go too far you know and just to to maintain face in public especially just not make a fool of yourself because Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's very admirable, you know. Um, Luckily, I'm a very happy drunk. I'm like, you're incredible. Let me tell you why. Like, (laughs) it's like truth serum to me. If I'm thinking something, it will come out. So luckily, I have a really, like, positive disposition on life and tend to find the beauty in basically every situation. But, yeah, I I am. So you're the person (laughs) that you want to run into in the bathroom, at a party because yeah I'm like you're fantastic (laughs) let me tell you all the reasons and then I'll just like pick you apart and probably put your clothes back together and then smack you on the butt out the door I'm like let's do this you know like bring me more champagne darling like yeah love it (laughs) but yeah I mean I think just having those limits is really important Mm -hmm. with with drinking and and drug use I I mean drug use is just so overrated yeah I couldn't agree more with that (laughs) and you know for somebody like me I feel like my limits you know it came to a head and it was okay either I lean into it or I completely disconnect from it you know because it's gonna take over and in a way it it already kind of had I Mm -hmm. I actually approached my sobriety as almost a goal um, because I did it as a New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to drink for a year. That's my New Year's resolution. And then I just kind of just kept going and, you know, yeah. four, four and a half years in. And I think that was the best kind of strategy because I'm a very like, fuck the man kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you tell me that I can't drink, then that's what I'm going to do. So I had to, I had to make that decision myself, you know? So see, I can't even tell myself what to do. (laughs) I'll be over here like, listen, self, not today. And what do you think I'm doing 30 minutes later? I'm like, I can't, I have to do the thing, the man thing where it's like, you plant the seed 
and then you let it organically grow and be like, no, 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 it's my idea. I thought about this. Therefore, I, I'm going to do it, you know, right. but no one told me that I can't not do it. It's the, this, this whole thing. And so, yeah. <laughs> so is that how, I, is that how your, your whole working out and everything kind of happened? Like, did, did you plant the seed there or did somebody kind of get you into it or like, how well, did that whole very, thing come about? I'm a very goal oriented person and that internal navigational system thing that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I will say things that I years. Like I will be like, I remember in my twenties, it's like my twenties are going to be for partying and women and whatever. And I was like, and I'll focus on my career in my thirties. And that's exactly what I did. I just like drank and hung out and womanized in my twenties. And then I'm, moved to Oregon. I also told myself that I was going to celebrate my 30th birthday in Oregon. And I did. I moved here seven days before my 30th birthday. And Uh. six months in, I was an international educator for two companies and was booth rent in seven months at a new salon. So that's exactly what I did. I love that. And now you're, you're in a amazing, you know, you have your own space and yeah. you're you're in a committed relationship now, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I also tell myself that I was going to um, get in my best shape in my 30s. I was like, I'm mm. going to look better in my 30s than I do, like, than, than ever. I was like, I'm going to be the hottest 40-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like three years from 40 and I'm in the best shape. So I'm just... It was kind of planting that seed, but also having goals. Yeah. Just like, this is my goal for my future. Which most, like, you, you know, kind of circling back, most successful people tend to have are goals mm-hmm. and, and routines. So that's awesome. Um, so to kind of start wrapping things up. So I'm, I'm wondering, do you have any specific advice for anybody that's interested in becoming an, an educator in our industry? Oh man, it's hard. Um, If someone wants to be an educator, I suggest starting with your clients. They're going to be the best sounding board and the best practice for you. So, because some things just don't feel organic to us. It doesn't feel organic to say, today I'm going to use a 65% weight removal texturizing share on you that leaves a feather-like finish and has no lines of demarcation when applied against the grain. (laughs) <laughs> right I love so that. if if we're like out there trying to be like I'm gonna be an educator and then you can't spew it out like and it feel organic and natural you know it might not be luck. right right exactly it might not be the best option so I mean it seems very natural to you and uh that's you know why you know why you have this reputation. So one would think, but I always think it's really important to tell people like the first time I ever tried to speak in public, I physically could not speak. I words would not come out of my mouth. So it's practice just, and repetition as well. It is. You have to like really hone that in but the second time I spoke in public it came out very eloquently and I was like oh my gosh I nailed it but it's just always remembering that no one knows what you're going to say but you and yes people are going to judge you but for the most part in that room everyone's there to support you and Mm -hmm. learn so just like don't be too in your head about it amen (laughs) so when I when I finish my podcast I like to do 10 rapid fire questions I didn't um, give you any insight to these whatsoever. So it really is just kind of off the cuff, you know, answer first thing that kind of pops in your head. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Omnipresence. Mm, Interesting. Can you elaborate? I just, you know, there's only one of me (laughs) and I'm very busy. (laughs) I, (laughs) if I could be everywhere at once, I would do it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great one. Um, okay, so number two, fill in the blank. 
being in the beauty industry is? Oh, man. Difficult. <laughs> no, right. that's not the word. Uh, being in the beauty industry is empowering. Yeah. They're both empowering and difficult, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, share a salon experience that brings you pure joy to think about. Oh, you know, there's just nothing like that feeling when clients are just so happy. They're just happy to be there. They're happy to be with you and they leave and their faces are just beaming. Like to know that you've impacted someone's life like that is so incredible. And Mm -hmm. for me, being able to do that on a regular basis, because it's not just one situation, you know, it's several. And I just think of like, people who are really scared and they leave jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really incredible feeling. Absolutely. Uh, Okay. So number four, what would you do for a career if you weren't in this industry? I would be a personal trainer. That makes total sense. (laughs) Uh, Number five, what is your favorite brand or company to work with? We kind of touched on this earlier. I have a feeling. Yeah, I know. I'm like, well, I love Aliflex. Uh, but, you know, I don't really super play favorites. Uh, I think that there's a time and place, something for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like a plug and play, you know? Mm-hmm. Like cool. every brand has something really magical about it. So just finding that thing that you like the most. Depending on the situation. Yeah. I wish you guys could see my cat right now. She's like <laughs> laying on her back. She just looks drunk. Like, <laughs> Lala, lay off the sauce, you know? She's, it's so funny. I love okay, it. Uh, I already, again, I already kind of asked you this. If you could collaborate with anyone in the industry, who would it be? Yeah, Sam Via. There's really so many other people. There's just like so many people. But yeah, if, if, I could share a stage with anyone. I would say Sam. This is Sam's the man. <laughs> Sam is the man. What are you most grateful for today? Man, that's a big one. My experience, I think that's because everything that I have, whether it be intellectually, like my physical being, the accolades, my space, it all goes back to the experiences that I've had in my life. Like without them, I just wouldn't be where I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for it like I've been really inspired over the years whether it be now I know what not to do or that's what I really want to do and that's helped me build a business plan that's different and have a different way of thinking yeah it's very so, that's very elegantly put put I love that like your overall experience in life like that's great it shapes um, you, you know? It, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so question number eight. Um, if you could only use one hair product for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably Olaplex number six. Cool. Okay, scenario number nine. You're busy AF behind the chair and you only have 10 minutes between clients. So you can't eat a full meal for lunch. So what's the power snack that you reach for? 
said I can't eat a full meal because I go to Fit Foods. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? What's Fit Foods? Yeah, so I, you know, it's kind of like a freshly or something like that, but it's all macro balanced food and it's all pre made. So it saves my life at the salon because if I have 10 minutes, it heats up in a minute and a half and I'm a hairdresser. So I can eat it in a minute and a half (laughs) and I can drink some water and I can go to the bathroom and all that within 10 minutes. So yeah, that that's definitely um, a skill that I think being in the industry for 20 years has enabled you to, to perfect. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm like, if it's an eating challenge, I will eat you under the table in like lightning speed. Right. Like (laughs) I, I'm completely done with my meal. Like before my girlfriend even touches her plate, I'm like, Oh, (laughs) like, and I don't even notice it and care and be able to carry on a full conversation while you're doing it. Like it's a whole thing. Okay, number 10. If you could see any band or musician dead or alive in concert, who would it be? Blind Melon. Cool. Okay, awesome. I'm so glad that live music is finally coming back and we're able to enjoy music again in person. I am just so stoked about it. I mean, they say that it's about to be like the roaring 20s again. Mm-hmm. It's really about to go like off. off. Yeah. <laughs> People, I have this theory. I'm like, everyone's going to be a hoe. They're going to be like, I've been locked up for a year. I go, like, they're going to be like, skin people, like, right. <laughs> make out with everyone. <laughs> grinding on the dance floor and getting mm-hmm. crazy yeah oh yeah it's over i'm it's like over. we're gonna have covid babies and then post covid babies for sure it's happening <laughs> awesome well that's everything that i have for you presley i again i really appreciate you you know taking the time out of your day to to talk to me and be on my podcast and uh you're amazing thank you so much yeah thank you it was fun Cool. Well, I hope that everybody else listening enjoyed this as much as I did and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll talk soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Presley, thank you so much for enduring the technical difficulties to do this interview with me. Damn you, Mercury retrograde. I gotta say, you are one of the most talented humans I've ever had the pleasure of learning from. So again, thank you so much for taking the time and giving the energy to do this for me. If my listeners want to find out more about Presley, you can reach out to them via Instagram at Presley Poe. That's P-R-E-S-L-E-Y-P-O-E. And if anything else, you most definitely want to give them a follow. Until next time, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Sammy Sue Loves Your Hair, the podcast.